Hi, and welcome to the Country Hope Church podcast. We're based in regional Queensland with locations in Chinchilla, Gainda, Jandawi, and Meandara. We hope you enjoy this episode and we invite you to join us for a Sunday service. For full details, head to our website, www.countryhope.church. I love baby stories. I'm going to read one to you right now. I'm going to read you a baby story. If you uh, turn to the book of Luke in your Bibles, you'll read quite a detailed account of the birth of Jesus. It's an interesting account because it's written by a guy called Luke. If you look at Luke 1, you can gather that Luke is writing this. He didn't write it to be part of the Bible. He was actually writing a letter to someone called Theophilus, who was probably a Roman soldier of some rank. And he wrote this, uh, and Luke was a doctor by tradition. And as you read the book of Luke, you, you can't realise it when we read it in English, but in the Greek, it's some of the finest ancient Greek ever found. So if you're in university around the world and you study ancient Greek, they use the book of Luke as the finest example of ancient Greek writing anywhere. So Luke was obviously very, very smart, a very well-educated guy. This is how he starts his letter in Luke 1, 3-4. He said, I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, and I decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So we've got this really, really smart guy, one of the smartest guys around at that time, carefully investigating everything and writing an orderly account. So you can be pretty sure that this is spot on because Luke did his work well. This is what he writes about Jesus' birth, starting at Luke 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest and on earth peace on on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the good things they'd heard and seen, which were just as they'd been told. This is interesting to me. 
because we have the Christmas story from Luke. Well investigated, he made sure he did his homework, he got it correct. But there's a little verse there that fascinates me. It says this, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. How did Luke know that? Like all the other stuff, it's actual events that word of mouth people told about the shepherds and, the, and in the stable and the manger. And, and they were events that, that people were talking about. But what about knowing what Mary was thinking and feeling? But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. Only one person in the world could have known that. And that was Mary herself. This is how I like to imagine it. I like to think Luke, who wrote his gospel in about 60 AD. And if Mary was a young teenager when she gave birth to her firstborn, she would have been about mid-70s when Luke wrote his gospel. So I want you to imagine for a moment, let's imagine what might have happened. Luke, the great investigator and writer who really thoroughly investigated everything, decided to go straight to the source. I'm actually going to go to Mary and talk to her. And I can imagine Mary in her house, sitting down with Luke and him saying, what can you tell me? And Mary thinking about it, thinking about what it was like the day Jesus was born. And the cup of tea was on the table and the bickies were there and Luke said, what can you tell me? And Mary, I can imagine her thinking, thinking for a little while. And Luke wondering if she can even remember it because it was so long ago. And I can imagine Luke saying, are you sure? Can you remember what happened? And I can imagine Mary saying, I remember it clearly as if it all happened yesterday because I treasured those things in my heart and I've thought deeply about them ever since, especially with what came after his birth. And so Mary began to tell a story of the birth of her first son, starting with the visit from the angel, declaring that she would give birth to a son even though she was a virgin. And she told her story. And I can imagine Luke writing it down because her memory was so strong. You see, she treasured those things in her heart and she thought about them deeply over the years, especially with what came after the Christmas story. And so I can imagine that she told him about the shepherds and how, the she- how her and Joseph were alone with their newborn baby when a group of shepherds burst in. They came out of nowhere, seemingly. They'd run there. They'd run as fast as they could to be there. And they saw the scene and the new parents and the baby lying in a manger just like that. And they were so excited and it was joyful and they began to praise God and, and they even worshipped the baby. And the place was full of joy and wonder and celebration. And Mary would have told Luke, I remember them telling their story about the being in the fields and the visit from the angel and the heavenly choir. And, and as they told their story, they got more and more excited. I can imagine Luke writing it down. So the shepherds hurried to Mary and Joseph and when they saw him, they were, they were amazed. And, and I can imagine Mary remembering it and bringing a smile to her face. But then I can also picture her remembering what came later when his disciples went into the Garden of Gethsemane with Jesus. And she remembered that the disciples ran away from him and left him alone. How instead of running to him like the shepherds did on that first Christmas day, his disciples ran away from him and how instead of praising him even his closest friend cursed against him and said I don't even know him what a contrast the baby that the shepherds rushed to was the man that the disciples fled from 
And Mary had pondered these things in her heart. I've got the photo of him being arrested. That's from someone's iPhone way back then. Then Luke asked, tell me something else about the birth of Jesus. And I can imagine Mary telling him about the first cot. Not like you'd expect the saviour of the world to be laid in. Mary would have told him about the journey to Bethlehem and finding no room anywhere and not even the relatives would take them in because of the scandal. She was pregnant, but they still weren't fully married and, and it was a scandal and she'd been shunned because of it. And, and Joseph had even thought about calling the whole thing off, the whole wedding off, because she, was married. she wasn't married and she was pregnant, but God had spoken to him and he was so obedient that he took her as his wife anyway. And so in Bethlehem, how the innkeeper had offered the stable so that they could have it in there and, and telling the story of how the baby was born and then, and then in the stable they could use whatever they could find at hand to wrap the baby tenderly. They wrapped him in cloths and they laid him in a wooden feed box and he would have been bundled up tight and laid there in the wooden feed box. It was rough but it was comfortable and all the animals were out in the field anyway so it was clean and She'd given birth right there in that stable. And as the shepherds came in, they could hardly believe it. And I can imagine Mary writing all this down. But then her thoughts would have drifted to what came after. It would have drifted to how as a man, he wasn't carefully wrapped. He was actually stripped of his clothing. And instead of being tenderly handled, he was beaten and whipped. And Mary would have thought instead of being lovingly put into a, into a manger. He was roughly laid on a wooden cross. And Mary pondered these things in her heart. She thought about them for many years, the contrast between the manger and the cross. And I can imagine Mary coming back to the present with Luke there and poised and ready to write. And I can imagine Mary saying, oh, there's something else the shepherds told me about how when they were relaxing on a dark night, an angel of the Lord appeared and the glory of the Lord shone around. And, and can you imagine it? Light filling the darkness. And it must have been an incredible sight. And so Luke began to write it. And Mary even told him about what the angels had sung. And it was an amazing thing. And the glory of God shone everywhere. And I can imagine Luke laughing as they thought of the, how fearful the shepherds were when the angel turned up. But he said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. And I can imagine Mary thinking of that again and laughing but then also remembering what happened a long time after 30 years later at his death how instead of God's glory filling the sky with light darkness came over the whole earth because the sun had stopped shining because Jesus was dying and instead of an angel being present she'd heard Jesus cry out my God my God why have you forsaken me? The contrast, I forgot to do this. There's the shepherd and the angels and there's the darkness. And Mary would have thought about this. She would have pondered in her heart. And I wonder if Mary would have said, there's one other thing I want to tell you, a most unusual thing, but it's what made me ponder this all those years. And you can read about it in Luke 2 that Mary went to the temple in Jerusalem 40 days after Jesus was born. As was the custom, 
uh, when your child was 40 days old, you took your child to the temple to be dedicated to God. And you can read about the incredible um, meeting between Mary and Joseph and a man named Simeon. And Simeon was a good man and God had promised him that he wouldn't die until he saw the Messiah. And when Jesus was 40 days old and they went to the temple, Simeon saw him. And this is what happened in the encounter. When Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple to do what the law of Moses said should be done for the new baby, the spirit told Simeon to go to the temple. And Simeon took baby Jesus in his arms and he praised God. He said, Lord, I am your servant and now I can die in peace because you've kept your promise to me. With my own eyes, I have seen what you've done to save your people. What a great praise that was. And uh, to the foreign nations, they will also see this. And your mighty power is a light for all nations. And it will bring honor to your people, Israel. A great message of hope and joy. And it says Jesus' parents were surprised at what Simeon had said. Then he turned to them and he blessed them. And he told Mary this. This child of yours will cause many people in Israel to fall and others to stand. The child will be like a warning sign. Many people will reject him. And you, Mary, will suffer as though you have been stabbed by a dagger. Now imagine saying that to a brand new mum. Because of this baby, you will feel like you've been stabbed by a dagger. But 30 years later... She stood beside the cross watching her baby die and it would have felt like a dagger through her heart. And Mary pondered these things in her heart. And I wonder if as Luke wrapped up the interview how it ended, I wonder if Mary said, don't forget to write everything I told you about his birth, but also don't forget I've thought deeply about this. My son, his birth, his life, and his death. It's interesting that in the book of Luke, he uses this phrase twice about Mary, that she treasured these things in her heart. He uses it at Jesus' birth, that account, and he also uses it a bit later when Mary talks about Jesus being a young teenage boy in the temple. It's what made me suspect that Luke went straight to Mary. And Mary said a couple of times, I treasured those things in my heart, and Luke wrote it down. Because what's interesting about Mary is she was the only person present at his birth and at his death. She saw the beginning and then she saw his death. She was standing right there when he was executed and obviously she was right there when he was born. She was the one who fed and cared for him that very first Christmas. And then 30 years later on the cross as he hung there, he looked down at his mother and he looked at his best mate John and said, John, take care of my mother because I'm about to die. And she watched the scene unfold. And I think about those words, she treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. And she remembered the birth and she remembered what Simeon said. There will come a time where it will feel like a dagger in your heart. And Mary pondered these things, his birth and death. Because like I said, she was the only one there at both. His birth and his death. Because like Dave intimated in communion... The Christmas story isn't a standalone story. We don't just have the Christmas story of Jesus' birth and that's it. And we have the baby in the manger and that's the end of the story because Jesus didn't stay the baby in the manger. And what I love about this decoration, we've got the baby in the manger and I love this story, but it's linked to the cross as well. 
Those two stories are linked together. You can't have one without the other. You've got to have the Christmas baby who came, which is God with us. But you've also got to have the Christmas baby who came, who is God with us, who then suffered and died so that we may have eternal life. And on that very first Christmas, God came in the earth, came to earth in the form of a baby, but he came with a specific purpose in mind, just like Dave said, to die as a punishment for our wrongdoing. He didn't stay the baby in the manger. He became the saviour on the cross. But he didn't stay on the cross. And I'm so glad we don't have a figure on the cross. Because then he was buried and rose again, that we may have life. Mary pondered these things deeply in her heart. And this is my prayer this Christmas. As we celebrate the fact that Jesus came, we take joy in the fact that God himself came to earth. But we don't just celebrate that he came to earth because it's linked with the fact that he died on the cross and that he took our punishment. And that's linked to the fact that three days later, the grave was empty and he is alive. And I pray this Christmas, and I love Christmas, and we're going to the Bunyan Mountains, and we're going to have great food, and, and buy the presents, and I've only got one job, buy Carly's present. Uh, two jobs, really, buy Carly's present, and not act surprised when I see what the kids open, because they're from mum and dad, even though I never know what they're getting till I open it. So I love Christmas, and we're going to have family there and celebration, but I pray that my focus, that the thing that I would ponder deeply in my heart this Christmas isn't family and fun and celebration, but it's the fact that he came to earth. He first slept in an animal feed box, which to me is just a symbol that God is for the little people as well as the big people. That he came, that he slept in the manger, the animal feed box, that he grew that he died for my sin and that he rose again that I may have life. And Christmas to me is not just about the baby in the manger. It's about eternal life and the life that I have because of what that baby did. And this Christmas, may we think deeply about this fact that he came to die for me and I have life through him. And I talked before about hope. And because of the Christmas story, I have the hope of God in my heart that everything will be all right. And even though I've had a really tough 2023 and I don't know what's going to happen in 2024, I have hope in my heart because of the Christmas story. And my prayer is, as we ponder these things deeply, that that hope would overflow to people who need to hear it. And this would be a time of hope and celebration because of the Christmas baby who became the saviour on the cross, who became the risen saviour to give us life. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Country Hope Church podcast and that this episode blessed you. If you've got any questions or prayer requests, please don't hesitate to contact us through our email, connect at countryhope.church. If you'd like to subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode, that would be fantastic. 
Otherwise, we hope to see you either online or in person at some point soon.